0: The Money Show, Business Unusual, with Colin Cullis. Business Unusual brought to you by Workforce Staffing. Workforce Staffing, providing employment solutions that support staff and profits alike. Colin Cullis, uh, the joy of flexible work is absolutely incredible. And I think many, many people who have managed to hold on to their jobs and have been able to figure out ways of working differently have benefited hugely from this idea of flexible work. But many, 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 many others have been pushed to the brink and some over the edge by the renewed pressures of being always on. I suppose that's the real problem.
1: It is, Bruce. And effectively, we wind up getting then three groups, the the, the people who are getting those opportunities to work more flexibly, those who are being overworked, and then as South Africans know only too well, those who are not getting the opportunity at all and can't find you know, anything. I mean, for some, just getting the chance to be able to complain about work would be a step up from what they've got. In fact, ahead of the show, I asked um, you know, the, those on Twitter, what, what kind of toll or what kind of a, a impact is your work having on you? Your options were, is your work getting more flexible? Is your work taking a toll or is your work hard to find? And it might not surprise you, but 51% said it's taking a toll. Uh, 30% said it's hard to find. And only 18% said it's getting more flexible, even though the getting more flexible should be where we're all going for everybody. And my starting point was, well, how did we get here in the first place? Because the idea of a weekend for me has just always existed, uh, but as somebody with, a, with an agricultural background, you'll know that the early to bed, early to rise mantra for the farming community was that, well, there were no holidays. Uh, you simply, when the sun was up and the fields needed to be tilled, off you went and that's what you did. And when the sun set, uh, you couldn't really easily work, so off you went to bed. You didn't get that one time a year, you know, after the harvest and then you have the mother all feasts or whatever celebration you create in its honor. Uh, take a couple of days to recover and then start all over again. That was how the world worked.
0: And, I mean, no, if you if you recall a classic scene in uh, Downton Abbey, I think the very first series, um, where, I've forgotten the characters' names, but Maggie Smith's character, and, of course, the aristocracy uh, you know, didn't really have to work a day in their lives. They'd inherited lots of money, provided they invested it well. Um, you know, one day of the week was pretty much the same as every other, a bit like working in uh, in Zoom world, where every day is Blur's Day, because it blurs from one day to the next. Um, but the, the love interest... Uh, Lady Mary's love interest, the lawyer, comes onto the scene and he says, oh, yes, of course, Dowager Countess, I'll look at that on the weekend. And Maggie Smith looks at everybody around the table He goes, what's a weekend? Um, simply because when every day is one and the same, you don't appreciate what a weekend is. Sorry, that was a digression that wasn't particularly on point, but I just it's one of my favourite scenes from Downton Abbey of all time.
1: No, actually, it's quite a nice leading because we've got to give a hat tip to the faithful because they gave us the Sabbath. So that was our first day off uh, sorted. Uh, But it took a good while longer than that. Thousands of years, in fact, before it was overworked factory workers in the UK that effectively just became a lot less productive on a Saturday afternoon, sort of getting ready for Sunday. Who would nip off and have a few drinks? That business owner said, okay, uh, you can have a Saturday afternoon off. That was the start of the Saturday. And the first time the weekend, uh, as a term came to be used, was only in 1879, and obviously it was spoken about before then, but the first time it appeared in print, which allows us to be able to go back and say, when did they start talking about the weekend? Well, that's when it was. And it is, in effect, then, such a new thing that the French, fastidious for never wanting to use a single word out of the English language, even are willing to accept le weekend (laughs) at the end of the week, even though the (laughs) official term is the end of the week. So... Effectively, we've only had to wait another 142 years before we can have discussions about extending it from two days to three, either making a shorter week or a longer weekend. Uh, and the crowd who are proposing this four-day week, I think are very, very clever about why they've gone about it. The, one of the guys who's, <laughs> who's sort of one of the, the early adopters, as it were, has got a fascinating story for how he wound up explaining it to his company, which didn't obviously go down all that well. Um, but his idea was that people at the office were simply being distracted and not doing what they were supposed to do or taking care of life. They're getting calls because something's up with the the, the the children or the or the family is affecting them or there's a delivery to be delivered. And so they're not doing their work, they're taking all these other things. And so when he had this idea to say, I'll tell you what, what if I gave people four days of the week where you focused on what you're doing and then that extra day is for you to go and sort out all that stuff that life requires. And that's pretty much what uh, he did as his trial. And he found that it actually did kind of work. And so when you look at that, that's the upside then for the workers. The upside then for businesses is that you get that productivity back. Um, and not only that, if you imagine that um, you've got somebody that's working a four day week, they might not be that fast to say, which four days are you working? In which case you can have, rather than nobody in the office on a traditional Saturday and Sunday, you can simply spread people out and effectively have people at the office all week. Uh, you can go one step further and say, well, not all of you have to come in early or at the same time. Some of you come in a little earlier Uh, and leave a little earlier. Some of you come a little later, work a little later, and you mix that up as well. And then when you take into uh, account our sort of remote working, well, you can go one step further. Uh, Don't just start early and leave early. You can start at home, work then, miss the traffic, then come into work. And those that did come in and started in the morning, now with less traffic, leave early and finish your workday at home. Still doing all your hours, still doing all the work, still can have an additional day off, and away you go. Uh, and so that's like really where I thought it gets very clever. In fact, let me give you a little take on him just describing what some of the upsides could be. What would happen to the world if we could take 20% of cars off the road? What does that mean for
0: pollution? What does that mean for infrastructure? What does that mean for stress levels if you had more time to rest and reconnect? What does that do to anxiety and depression? Remembering one in five of our workforce at any time have got a mental health or a stress issue. What if you could invest in yourself day off a week you could spend time re-educating training how does that equip you for dealing with the impact of things like ai now change is here it's all around and yet we're glued to this nine to five five day week 19th century construct it's time to change the global interest says it's time to change really 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 does matter so let's do it because after all what's the worst that can happen Uh, it's it's kind of ironic uh, for him, him Such an interesting yeah. idea. Sorry, what the irony is?
1: Well, he, he is the CEO of, of a company that does estate planning. So when he says, what's the worst that go wrong? I mean, that's all that they do. They work on what's the worst that could go wrong. So when it comes from a company who invests all their time working out what's the worst that could happen, um, then you think, OK, I guess, I guess they might be onto something. And again, when they can see the impact of what stress does to people and how it limits their lives them embracing this is kind of a good sign. And to his credit, he's sort of been selling this story around the world. They've now got a foundation. He's got a book. That was from his 2018 TED Talk about it. So he's been taking a while to get people uh, involved. Ireland has just begun a program that will see them testing it out from January. They've been tests in the US, in Spain, and even Japan. And, and, and Japan is the country that sort of goes the other direction with this stuff. Um, and that is amazing. But I, I, I think I was interrupted you as well.
0: No, here's the here's the thing. I mean, I I I get very frustrated when I'm trying to get stuff done on the weekend. Um uh, because so many people aren't working on the weekend. So you can you have to do stuff during the week. You have to find gaps and you have to try and do all of the stuff that ordinarily you may have done when people were working on Saturday mornings, you may have had the time to do it on a Saturday morning. My worry is you cut the, the you do it on a large scale and everybody does a four day a week. You then end up having to cram everything into the four-day week because nobody's working on the Friday anyway. Um, and so, therefore, you're not getting the service. It's like weekend service starting on Friday. I, I wonder whether or not at some point it doesn't become counterintuitive or maybe I'm just too old school um, on, this particular, on this particular front.
1: You're right to say that it does sound too good to be true because it kind of is and there is a big catch. Uh, one of them is that not all industries can do this. It's just not possible. But the other one is that the, the, the four-day week isn't necessarily the same four days of a week. There's a, a lot of stuff, people that work on sort of 10-day weeks of which you are off for four days. It's that kind of a scenario. So you work out when is most productive for you to have that time, and then you can break it up. And that's probably how, depending on the industry, and uh, it, it'll go. But for businesses doctors, for example, you might have argued, well, they've been doing this for a while. I've always had that one day of the week where they pop off to have a round of golf. The reality, that's a, a, a group of workers, medical people, particularly now during the pandemic, that are certainly well overworked. In fact, they'd love to get back to a 40-hour week, even if it was five days. But manufacturing, mining, construction, emergency services, retail, food services, hospitality, government, and agriculture just don't get to be more productive with less time because they don't have the issue of disruptions and distractions that take away from their productivity. They literally have to be there ready for you to do something. So it's kind of the businesses like finance and logistics and you know service-related companies that that should be the ones that, that lead this. In fact, I'm aware of a, a company here in South Africa, it's a bank, uh, and they've decided to trial the notion that on a certain day of the week, there will be no meetings. That's the day where you get to go and do all the work that you spent the other day sitting in meetings, promising you would do. And I think that's a wonderful small step to to move us all forward. But it's not, as you say, you know... Would you take a 20% pay cut, though, for that extra day of the week? Because now,
0: you know, cause are you going to do as much work in the four days as you were doing in five, in which case, no pay cut. Um, if the company is now going to have to hire additional people, because this is maybe a way of tackling part of our unemployment crisis, you can actually put more people in work um, because there are fewer people doing the jobs five days a week. So therefore, actually, the, the salary bill needs to be split a little further. I'm wondering if we'd be willing to take a salary cut to get more lifestyle time. Um, and so to allow our employers uh, to be a little bit more sort of free thinking in terms of hiring new people to make up for the time we're not there.
1: Well, well, that's one of the elements that potentially could provide more opportunities for people who currently can't get work. But it also brings us to this notion of ten ping or lying flat, which is currently a bit of a trend in China. Um, And and just sticking with the terms that might be new to you, uh, the other one, and this is the Japanese again, who are so fastidiously connected with their salaryman and the long work hours that they even have a word for working yourself to death, karoshi. And yeah. and then you know you have got problems when it works its way into the into the some everyday everyday language. But China's issue was that um, it has been incredibly successful at lifting millions of people out of poverty and having created the planet's largest middle class. But along with that uh, improvement, uh, living standards, etc., has come an increase in costs and the demand. As you say, we've got to keep the production up. We've got to keep the growth going, which means you've got to have people working. Longer and harder. In fact, the Chinese have got the 996 routine noted for working from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days of the week. And the one that was new to me, 007, which is just as deadly because it implies you work from midnight to midnight for seven days of the week, which is just crazy. Uh, but in April, uh, a young Chinese person noted that for the last two years, he hasn't been working full time. He had been working some jobs and just cutting back on his salary and his lifestyle and taking everything in. He was able to take a snooze during the middle of the day. He was able to lie flat. And a lot of Chinese workers offered the, the patriotic thing of doing this for your country, being told you can study for great careers, you can work hard and start a family. Now with more than one child, you can become fantastically wealthy. Seeing that all as a bit of a mirage because a bit like the capitalist notion of, of becoming a millionaire, uh, you had to be connected to the right people and you had to be at the right place at the right time. Otherwise, all your efforts actually just wind up leading you to kind of burnout. And, and this is probably where the that 50-50 comes from. And so while there is definitely uh, some issues that relate to how hard it is um, to, to work to a four-day week, the notion of us sticking to what we're doing now, while the prospects of automation and, you know, movements away from traditional industries that are massive employers... Uh, suggest that we can't just, you know, not business as usual, please. Somebody test this out. Somebody find the weak points. Somebody find the bits that do work. And when we do, let's try and apply them.
0: Colin Callas, business very unusual this <laughs> evening.